1380. That's the number. Love your thoughts on that. Tom Rennie will rejoin us after two o'clock. We'll talk to Steve Hansen, the All Black coach, about the future of what is going to happen in this country and international rugby after one o'clock. But as I said, first up, league. Now, this is how fluid the situation has been. ScoMo, Scott Morrison, the Aussie Prime Minister, yesterday. In relation to the border issues with New Zealand, well, that authority has not been provided and no amount of reporting it will change that decision. Um, that will be made on the basis of the border assessments of the, the Australian Border Force. And they're working through that application, they've received that application, and when they're in a position to authorise it, well, they will. So that was yesterday, the Australian Prime Minister, and this was Cameron George, Warriors Chief Poobah, on the radio with Darcy at 8.30 this morning. Um, I don't have written approval to say that um, we can get access into Australia. Um, so that's that's really the nuts and bolts of it. To be fair, we can talk about everything else, but the reality is we can't get in the country. We can't, we can't do too much uh, in respect to the NRL. Since that 8.30 quote from Cameron, well, it has all changed in the last three and a half hours and the Warriors are now good to go and Cameron will join us in about half an hour. Paul Kent then, a Triple M host as well as NRL 360. You've just heard that, Paul, the very latest is that the Warriors will land. Yeah, look, that's good news, isn't it? Look, the, the whole competition was dependent upon the Warriors getting into Australia and, and uh, we got confirmation yesterday that they were allowed to land at Tamworth, a little town in Country New South Wales has now become an international airport, which they're all very proud of. And uh, I must say, they're really looking forward to the Warriors turning up. Uh, and now, obviously, that the, the Warriors themselves have got the confirmation that they can leave Zealand is great news because without it, the NRL is not going to get back going again. Um, it's going to cause everyone problems. Is May 28th still a, a realistic date? And, and would it be that much of a problem if that was pushed back a little further? Look, it's a very realistic date. Um, so, look, there's, I've got no doubt that the competition will kick off on May 28. The only thing that will bring it undone is if uh, a player breaks the uh, the social distancing laws while they're in camp and while they're back training together and the government says, look, we just can't have this and, and shuts them down. But uh, as far as the NRL pre- uh, preparing for the game, the negotiations with the broadcasters, will be done this week, but uh, Peter Valani, the chairman of the ARL, has actually said to the uh, two broadcasters, we are going ahead May 28, so uh, get, your, get your boots on because uh, you, you guys are going to be televising it. So that'll definitely happen. Now, if it did, for whatever reason, if there was a delay, that could cause some problems because, uh, and when I say a delay, I mean maybe it's later three weeks, four weeks, five weeks into it, they have to sit down for a week and then push everything back. That could cause a delay because the uh, the grand final is already on October 25 now, uh, and a couple of things could happen. If they go back another week, well, then you've got players playing in November where they're potentially off contract with their clubs because the NRL contract ends on October 31. Um, the other the other problem, so for example, if if, if the Roosters get there again and and one of their players, say Josh Morris, uh, who's there, um, is off contract. He'll be off contract, and, and there'd have to be some sort of deal there. It's even worse if the players are going to go and play at another club somewhere next year. Uh, and the other problem is just the, the civil broadcast, whether Channel Nine, whether the T20 World Cup's being played at the time, uh, and how much that's uh, going to be uh, impacting on 
and what's happening in the rugby league because that'll it's it's scheduled to be played in Australia at that time, but they're hope well they're hoping and one there's not too many clashes and and I, I think the NRL are are of the opinion that the the cricket World Cup might not go ahead. Paul Kent with us, my friend. You sound tired, mate. I mean, and I don't. Yeah, you do, I mean, we're all weary of this, aren't we? I mean, and, and I mean that you know, in, in our in our jobs, in our sports broadcasting jobs, we've discussed this over and over again. And I know that we just want to get it on, but it just there seems to be so many foot trips along the way. And Paul, you mentioned, look, we know there's going to be a player or a person within those groups that's going to bust the lockdown. It's just going to happen. I mean, let's can't they plan for that and budget for that? Well, look, a couple of things can happen that way. If a player breaks uh, the lockdown, now it's not potentially uh, season-ending for the game from a, from a safety point of view. The player will obviously be tested. Uh, if, he's, if he tests negative, all good. If he tests positive, then he'll just be isolated, and those he's come into contact with will then be tested as well. So the NRL's got a bit of a grown-up attitude. Towards that, they, they did a similar thing in the racing industry over here. One of the jockeys informed the uh, r- the racing officials that he shared a plane with somebody who was positive. Uh, the moment he he told them that, they shut down the, the the meeting he was at for a couple of days, and they they didn't allow any racing. Then when his, his test came back negative, racing was back on, which I think in many ways is a grown up way to approach it. So rugby league, I think, will follow a, a similar strategy. The problem though is it really does anger the wider public what these players have been doing and the government is very reactive to how the public's responding. And the fact is, if players are are breaking the rules, then the government won't have much tolerance for that because everybody's struggling a little bit. We all know how tough it is just sitting at home and and can't can't really go out and socialise at all. So... The government won't stand players getting out and doing that, which will potentially just upset and anger all the constituents. So, so I, I think if, the, if it does happen, they'll, they'll uh, shut it down. And I think the players really need to be aware that if it does happen, they potentially cost everybody their their, their income because um, there'll be no more money coming into the game and the NRL will just simply say, that's it, no more. Paul, I know they're looking at the Nathan Cleary and Mitchell and Carr earlier in the week. Um, you, you, you were stressing that the punishments weren't harsh enough. Look, I've got people that I know in Sydney who are still on Tinder and things. I mean, we're quite confused over the side of the ditch about, you know, your lockdown's different from ours. It's not just the, the rugby league players. It's, it's maybe it's an age group thing, mate. I mean, if you're 24, I, I, I appreciated what Nathan Cleary said. He's really struggling. I've got two teenage boys trying to keep them. It's like caged tigers inside the house. Do you know what I mean? Oh, look, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. The difference between all those people on Tinder who might be uh, breaking the lockdown laws uh, and, and the footballers is the footballers are trying to get their industry going again. So if, for example, a bloke who's worked... So yeah, our building sites are still open and, and there are some security measures, but they're still putting up the buildings and they haven't been stopped at all. So if a bloke on a building site gets caught breaking the law or breaking the lockdown rules and gets a $1,000 fine, well, he's just cost himself $1,000. But if a player does it, given all the, the hoops that the NRL's had to jump through with government to get the competition going again, and the potential for the government to say, you know what, you're not respecting the rules, there's been great public backlash here, so we're shutting you down, that shuts down 
the competition. And it doesn't just cost that player his income until the end of October. It will cost every other player his income until the end of October. That, that's the difference. Look, if you break the rules and you get a $1,000 fine, you get a $1,000 fine. But these players will not only get that fine, they will, they will shut down the rugby league economy, which is that all their teammates won't be earning, their coaches won't be earning any money, and all the support staff, hundreds of people at, at each club will be affected by this. From the marketing departments who have all been sent home right now with no, no income. The clubs have said to them, we, we're, guys, we're sorry, we just can't pay you. So they're sitting at home earning nothing at the moment. So they need the players back on the field because then they can start getting the marketing staff in, they can get the sales staff in, they can start selling the game day events, things like that. They can start getting things organised and the economy, the rugby league economy starts ticking over again. It goes beyond just the players. But the government will shut the potentially will shut the game down if a player goes and, and is careless in what he does. So it's, it's a lot more risk than the average person. I understand all that. I mean, just in terms of the personal responsibility, though, mate, I mean, look, I, I just can't believe that they're capable of doing this. I mean, when we've just seen it. Look, they get nurtured, they get seminars, they get counselling, they get coaching. They spend so much money on trying to drum it into these guys. I'm not saying it's sinister, Paul. It's probably more silly than sinister. But how on earth do they believe it's, you know, one of them isn't going to break the rules or get a schoolgirl over? I mean, it's just going to happen. We know it's going to happen. They Can't they prepare for the car wreck? Well, look... Well, I think they are, but they don't want to admit to that. But, as I said, uh, the, the danger is they don't know how the government will react. The governments are, are very flighty at the moment. And I it? suppose, look, just to interrupt you there, that if you are a player, yeah. say you're Nathan Cleary, do you want this stigma on you for the rest of your career and life, that you're the guy that stopped the competition? I suppose that's a, that's pretty, a, line, yeah. Yeah, pretty big disincentive, isn't it? Well, uh, it would be... Pretty tough to live with is you're the bloke who cost 479 other footballers their income for five months. Good point. Good point. And yeah, and look, and I, and I know that you know. I mean, none of them want to want to be that or do or do that. Why are they so obsessed with the social media, Paul? This is what gets me as well. I'm not surprised that it's happened. I'm more surprised that why do they want it all out there in the public domain? They willingly put it out there. I, I look. We live in an age where you film your crimes and uh, hope to get likes for it. I've got no idea. <laughs> it's staggering. I, we, no, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm 49, so I've totally missed this generation and, and why why all has to to be on social media. But the way I look... Be I've glad that you have, Paul. Be glad, because I'm, I'm part of you. I'm glad that I missed it too. Yeah, I, and I am. It's amazing. It's almost like it hasn't happened unless you've been filming it and put it on social yeah. media. You can't just go and enjoy an experience anymore. No, no, no. You know, in my generation, you enjoy the experience. And I've had holidays where I don't have a photo from the holiday because I was having too much fun. I didn't, didn't want to be stopping and setting up photos and all that. But these guys, unless it's a, this generation, unless, unless you filmed it and put it on social media, it, it effectively hasn't happened. So I, I just... I just look different to me. Yeah, same. Uh, I uh, I sit there and I I ask my children this, mate. I say, so it's more important to you to get likes from people you don't know as opposed to the people that you do like. I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't I don't understand it, and I don't want to. Let's get back to the league, the Warriors. How is how can this level playing field be anything but 
uneven given the fact of what they have to go through and how important is it that everyone does start from ground zero because we've heard reports people are training in secret and all of that kind of stuff uh look it is important there is uh no way it could be level uh, that's just a fact the fact you know, the warriors have got to come over from from new zealand obviously uh, we don't. The Queensland teams at the moment have got permission to train, get back, to begin training in Queensland. Uh, how the draw is going to look, and if they, they still can't travel between states here, so uh, there's a thought that they'll make the Queensland teams base in there at least for three or four weeks and play each other. The Warriors might go into that side. They might cross the border into Queensland at some point and actually go into that. So for the first three weeks, they don't have to come into New South Wales. But we, we really don't know. But as far as a level playing field, there is no level playing field. And, and the smart coaches are, are already saying that to their players. That, guys, it's not fair. It's not all even-handed. But n- nobody is driving this agenda. So, you know, I know a couple of Queensland clubs have actually said to their players, this isn't a New South Wales agenda where they're just trying to make it tough on us. This is, this is just what we have to go through to get the game going. So that, that's the reality of it. You can't be sitting there and saying, well, it's not fair we can't do this or that because that's the truth of it. But if you don't want to do it, and some players, if you don't want to go into isolation, I'm sure that they can stay home. Okay? I don't know how that will be received by teammates and yeah. everybody else around. But certainly, if you're more concerned about your your mental welfare being isolational, you're more concerned you'd rather stay home and be with your family, I'm sure that they will say, well, that's your decision you do that. You probably won't be paid anymore, but that's what will happen. Uh, but as far as a level playing field, it's simply we're doing the best we can to make it as fair as we can, but we just we can't make it the same for everybody across the board because uh, there's outside yeah, influence. Okay. All right, well, look, we thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it very much. Can I just say that as a league fan, I've been, one, really impressed, two, amazed, and three, very grateful. We have your program on here every night, and every night there's something to talk about. And I know that it's been seven weeks, Paul, since we had a game, right? And (laughs) we're we're still talking about we're the lucky ones. We're still employed to do what we do and what we love doing. But I thank you for that because you provided some great entertainment, great debate, and ultimately I kind of get the feeling we're all on the same page. It's just that we kind of in different corners at the moment we'll come together hopefully yeah. well we're, we're all stuck in our lounge rooms aren't we so we can't be completely together but that, yeah you're right look it's the, the, the one thing about this whole period is even though they're not playing there's still been a lot happening around the game so that's given everybody I think in some ways look I always say rugby league's a soap opera for men you know it's, it's a, you don't want to watch normal soap operas but you just follow the day to day situation <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant, This has proved it, because we've had no games for seven weeks. We're still talking. And every day we've got something that you can sit down and well, you can talk, talk to a mate or text a mate these days and say, what about this? I've been texting all morning with Matty Johns about different things that have been going on in the game, and we, you know, we, we haven't stopped talking, even though uh, there hasn't been a game. Martin Devlin.